You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. Praise God as you see that open your Bible at Luke chapter 6. Everybody say the integrity of the Word of God. Jesus said in verse 46, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things which I say? Isn't that interesting? You know, we have this knowledge and this understanding that by grace you saved by faith, not as a result of works, lest any man should boast. The Word of God says that it is given as a gift of faith. So you cannot work your way into heaven. No matter how good a person is, they cannot work their way into heaven. Because it just takes one, one slip, one sin. It's not like, you know, there's a whole bunch of sins and eventually you disqualify yourself. You've probably heard the example before if you're making an omelet and you got all the, let's say you're making for a huge family and you're mixing you know, 30 eggs, say, and you put you know, 29 and as you break the 30th egg, it's rotten. You can smell it. <laughs> and you don't go, oops, and just kind of scrape that out and try and mix the rest. If it's in the batch, you know, it, that whole batch is spoiled. And that's, that's what sin does. It, the moment there's any sin, that spirit dies. But thank God for the blood of Jesus. You see, you can't work, you can't fix that omelet by adding more good eggs. Well, it's pity about the bad one, but let's add more good. It eventually will outweigh the bad one. No, you have to get rid of that. The only thing that gets rid of sin out of our lives is the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. Not going to church, not how hard you pray, not how good you are, no matter how many good deeds you do to balance out all the bad. No, just plead the blood of Jesus. You receive Him as Lord and Savior. In that moment, all sin is cleared out of your life. You are born again, saved, destined for heaven. Hallelujah. Now you step into the kingdom of God and we want to be and operate in this earth by the power of His Word. You weren't just saved to get to heaven. God wants you to experience your eternal life today. You're blessed with every spiritual blessing. He's given you all things pertaining to life and godliness. By His stripes you have been healed. He supplies your every need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. God intends to demonstrate His power and His glory through you. That's why Jesus came to this earth. One is so that He would die for your sin. But two, He preached the kingdom. Preached the kingdom and healed all. He preached the kingdom and healed all. What's he doing? He's showing us how you can live life by his grace, through his word, to live a kingdom lifestyle. But in order to do that, he must become more than savior. He must be Lord. And yeah, he says to be Lord does require action. So it's your salvation is not by works, but you are saved to good works. Now, that good works isn't just now stop smoking, stop drinking, stop, you know, stop, 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 don't, now, now, because that's where people misunderstand. That's why a lot of people are, find it hard to come to God because they feel they, now they're going to give up all the, what looks like good stuff. No, God wants you to enjoy life and He knows what will destroy that life. He knows what will stop that from working in your life. There are things that 
are good for you to do and it's not even sin, it's fine, it's go ahead. But if I did it, it would stop me living my best life with God. So even though there's no thou shalt not, I still don't do it because I've learned to refine my life because I want to experience His grace and glory without anything hindering it. Are you with me? So there are certain things that are convictions in my life. But when God comes up with a thou shalt not, it's because if you do those things, it will destroy you. It certainly will. You, you can't sidestep it. None of us can sidestep it. It is spiritual law. And so he tells us now, if we want to live in the life that he has for us, it takes him being Lord. It means that he is the one leading us and directing us. He is the one giving us the way forward. And he says, you call me Lord, but that means you're going to do what I say. You're going to do what I say. And again, it's not a bunch of rules that we need to tick off and follow. It's when you receive an instruction, you obey that instruction. So it's the ability to be led by the Spirit, the ability to hear His voice, the ability to be directed by Him. And so what will happen is we may come to a service like this and you just hear one word and you go, mm, yeah, that, that, that's something I need to correct. That's something I need to straighten. Not be convicted by and feel, no, every time you come here, I get into trouble and, you know, the pastor's on my case. No, if you hear something, you go, you know what, I haven't been doing that. Then maybe I need to correct that. I need to fix that up. Maybe it's just in something someone says. You may be having coffee with someone and someone just says something. You go, yeah, the Lord's been talking to me about that. So he has ways of getting to us to give us those instructions. And so God forever is looking at a way to keep leading you to a better life. It's not like God just wants you know you to be perfect. So he's got this great example of a perfect Christian. No, he's trying to get that which hurts you out of your life. And if I see it from that perspective, then I understand why would Jesus be so strict in saying, hear my word and obey it, do it. Why would he say that? And he goes on, he says, whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you who he's like. He's a wise man, the cross-reference says. And he's like a man building a house, dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood rose, the, steam, the stream beat vehemently against that house, could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. But he who heard and did nothing is like the foolish man, is what Matthew says, who built a house on the earth, the ground, the sand, without a foundation, against which the stream beat vehemently, and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. What's he saying? There is a storm coming. There is a storm coming. I know we don't want to hear that. We'd rather have a bless me club on a Sunday. Just tell me all the nice stuff, Pastor Alan. But I would be doing you a great disservice if I didn't tell you there is a problem coming. And that's not, the, that's not a bad statement. That's not a, uh, that's not a bad confession. Jesus himself said, in this world, you will have tribulation. Why is he saying that? Because in Mark chapter 4, he did say that if you hear the word, Satan comes immediately to steal that word. And how does he do it? 
through tribulation. Tribulation, problems, pressures, persecution. Why? Because he wants to get us to offense. Because if he can get us to offense, that offense will stop the word from working. Because what's going to set you free? The just shall live by faith. Most of the day, most of what you do, by the time you wake up, if you have bad breath, the solution's obvious. Brush your teeth. If you're hungry, solution's obvious. Eat something. If you're going out, the solution's obvious. Dress up. Isn't that right? If you start your car and see the petrol tank's empty, solution's obvious. Go fill up with petrol. But there is a problem coming where we will have exhausted all the natural solutions. And all that's left is faith. Now, I've said that from an immature Christian's point of view because that's often how people live, is they live every day, point by point, in the natural. They, they wake up and they just make decisions because that's the day. They never think of God, never think of Jesus. They might, if you ask them, they'd say they're a Christian. If they're eating food, they'll pray over it. Uh, you know, they, they may talk about God here and there, but how did they start their day? Because they're living life because natural works. But the moment comes that when a problem hits, now we want to call the Scriptures. Now we want to remember what the pastor said on Sunday. Now we want to all of a sudden say, but I'm a Christian. God, can't you see? But I believe your word. But the problem is, yes, you got a house. You look like a Christian. You sing songs. You come to church. You at home sell. You're doing everything. There's a house. But is that person's house on a rock. Because when the storm hits, that's too late to try and build the house. When you see your house sliding in the sand, now it's too late to look for a rock somewhere. Because all the effort put into the house has now just been washed away by the storm, the problems, the pressures that hit. And we have to make a decision that if we're going to choose life, that means saying, I need to prepare my house ahead of time. Ahead of time, before the storm comes, I want to build my house. And I'm going to make a decision to build it today, not wait till the problem comes. How many say amen? Remember Ephesians chapter 6, verse 16 says, Above all, take the shield of faith with which you'll be able to quench how many? All the fiery darts of the wicked ones. So there are fiery darts coming. But he says you already have a shield. Now notice a shield is in front of you. It goes out ahead of you. And so last week I spoke about a lifetime, a timeline of life where you know today is here, there is a problem coming. Is don't wait till the problem comes and then try everything we can in the natural and eventually you get to a place, well, I suppose all that's left is the word. Well, let's go find a scripture. Now we've got to pray. You know, like someone says, we should pray now. Has it come to that? <laughs> no, we should stay. You know what? That situation is coming. So let me start today and start to build that house. And we see uh, that building the house on the rock is when you hear the word and you put that word into action. You're doing the word. 
It says in verse 13 of Ephesians 6, Therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. There is an evil day coming. There is pressure coming. But you've done everything you could to prepare for it. What is that? It's listening to His Word, receiving that Word, and putting that Word to action. And by doing that, you heard what Pastor Joshua said just now. He was talking about making sure that you do the natural obedience. See, you and I can't do the supernatural. It's the Spirit of God in us that does the supernatural. But you notice how He requires natural to work with. Because supernatural, by definition, the word super means above. So a superstructure is a building that's above. It's a structure that's above. It's super, that means above. So supernatural. We are created, put into natural bodies to live in a natural earth, but God never expected us just to live naturally. There are natural things that are obvious that you do in the natural, but as I'm doing the natural, trust in God, He puts the super on that with the anointing. So I don't know how to heal somebody. I do know how to lay hands on them. Because then if I do the natural, put the hand on, the super takes over. And the Spirit of God moves into that person. See, I don't know how to multiply finances. There are ways you can invest. People have tried that, but people have even in investing lost millions because they're trusting natural laws. And just as much as stock markets can go up, they can crash overnight. You're trusting the natural pressures, the storms of life. It's ups and downs. You never know what's going to hit. But when you trust God, you just know the natural is bring the tithe to the house of God. The windows of heaven are open. That's the super. Then you sow your seed, that's the natural. The super, He multiplies. See, Jesus said you don't even have to figure it out. You don't have to know how. Just know if you've sown a seed, God's not mocked. Whatever you sow, you will reap. Why is it that when I speak a word, that'll happen in my life? I don't know how sound out of my mouth makes something happen. But that's just the natural part of it. I release the natural. How do you open a Red Sea? Easy. You lift the staff. No, no, yeah, but that's all Moses had to do. He got a word from God, but in the natural obedience, God couldn't, could have just said, hey, Moses, watch this. Boom. No, he said, take your staff and lift it. He required a natural action, and in the natural action, the supernatural. Moses could never pull that water back, but in lifting that staff, the nat supernatural went into action. See, sometimes the instruction seems insignificant. It seems, what difference will that make? What, what will that do? But in trusting God, you can put it into action. I remember when I was just learning these things, I was walking down Commissioner Street and, and, and we were just going somewhere in, in Johannesburg. And I remembered walking along and, and we stopped at one of the, the traffic lights, the robot, and the little red was on, so we're waiting. 
And the next moment I turned green. And as I turned, I looked down, and there's a piece of paper lying on the floor. And I just heard, you know, pick it up. And I, you know, you kind of think, well, that's silly. And you keep walking because there's paper everywhere. There's tins everywhere. There's cigarette butts everywhere. There's one piece of paper. And I kept walking, but it niggled me. I was like a block later, pick it up. And I'm going, but this, pick up this one. No, that one. And I went another block. And I'm like, but I, the further I got, the more it was pulling me. You understand what I mean? It's like in the beginning it was easy, but now it's really, it wasn't like I could eventually go, mm, just that, now you're just being stupid. No, it was like, go back and pick that paper up. Oh, man. Okay. And I turned around and I walked back all those four blocks. Now, there it was lying. <laughs> Picked it up, put it in the bin, and I heard in my spirit, now I know you're listening to me. Now I know I can trust you. What is that? It's if I give you an instruction, I want to know you're going to obey it, no matter how stupid or silly it seems. Now, someone listening to that, some skeptic, they think, oh, please, it's a piece of paper. No, it was a profound change in my life. It made an impact on me that it may seem like it's one piece of paper. And what's that amongst millions? But family of God, you're not called to change the planet. You're not even called to change Africa. Maybe not even South Africa. Maybe not even your neighborhood. But you are called to change the spot you're on. You can turn your life around and demonstrate it to people around you. And if you get one person saved, one person changes, one person comes to know God because of your demonstration of action of faith. Maybe that one person you saved gets South Africa turned around. You couldn't change South Africa, but the person you got saved gets voted in as the next president and turns the country. And you, they may even have forgotten who you were. But your reward is in heaven. Don't ever, ever look at someone and think, I don't think they're that important. No, you don't know who's there. You don't know who you're looking at. See, the unsafe person may look like a derelict, broken, no good, whatever. But when they're born again, come on, how do you know your life was headed for destruction until Jesus got hold of you? Amen. And so we recognize that it's taking those simple instructions and putting them into action. You see, when the pressure comes, when the pressure arrives, go to the Word first instead of to the most obvious natural decision. Because here's the thing. The natural decision can bring temporary relief. It can bring temporary relief from pressure. But you know it's just a matter of time and the enemy brings enough pressure till eventually even that relief can break. And the pressure's still there. The pressure's still there. The pressure's still there. But you go to the Word of God and it takes the pressure away. 
It removes the pressure. You are now living above the pressure. No matter what storm comes, no matter how much the river rages through and around your house, it'll stand strong because you're walking above the pressure. John chapter 3 verse 21 says, He who does the truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. Family of God, the day is coming when you will be required to live by faith. And know this, it's not just so that you can be relieved. It's knowing that others are watching. And when they say there was no way for you to get out of that and yet you were delivered, that God I want to know. I can clearly see that you are living by God. Hallelujah. Your deeds are done in God. John chapter 8 verse 31, Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, remember the King James says, if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and that truth will make you free. See, family of God, when we first learn these things and we put them into action, how many of you noticed, I know for myself, the first time I decided to obey God in certain things, it seems like my life got worse in that area. How many of you noticed? It's like, you know, bring the tithe. Okay, now all of a sudden, every bill arrives, every lawyer's letter, everybody wants their money today. And hang on, we, we're just starting this prosperity thing. Give me some breathing space. No, pay up now. It's like the pressure just was turned up. What's the enemy doing? Oh, so you're deciding to try this thing? No, you don't try it. You live it. You make a decision. You put it to action. And by putting it to action, it may seem like small areas, small instances of obedience. By continuing in those small areas of obedience without buckling. What are you doing? You're building brick by brick by brick by brick by brick on the rock of the Lord Jesus Christ and obeying and doing His Word and putting it into action. I mean, this isn't new. This isn't something Jesus came up with. No, God told Joshua. Remember we spoke about Moses crossing the sea? And then I mean, he did all kinds of other things. He brought manna out of heaven, water out of a rock, bird, quail coming and in, in feeding millions of people with birds every day. I mean, this was a man who went up into the face of God and communed with God directly. And then it's time for Joshua to take over and to take the children of Israel across a river once again into a promised land. And God addresses him in Joshua chapter 1 and tells him, now I'm going to be with you. Like I said to Moses, I'm going to lead you the same way. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'm going to go ahead of you. I'm here to take you with me. We're going into this land together. Now I require from you, verse 7, only be strong and very courageous. Why would God say that? Because he knows tribulation and persecution will try and stop you getting into this promised land. 
The same giants that your forefathers ran from are still there. You're about to go into a very challenging situation. But be strong and very courageous. Why? That you observe to do. Everybody say action. According to the law which Moses, my servant, commanded, you don't turn from it to the right hand or to the left. Why? So that you may prosper wherever you go. Now this book of the law, the word of God, shall not depart from your mouth. Meditate in it day and night. What's meditate mean? Think about it. Talk about it. Speak about it. Read it. Mutter it. Keep it on your lips. This is something you're talking about all the time. It's not just in church on a Sunday or in home cell on a Wednesday or when you got a problem, quickly pull out your healing scriptures. No, this is every single day going to the Word of God. Don't forget my Word. Don't just remember it. Meditate the Word day and night. Why? Observe to do so you can put it into action. So when a problem arises, you know what to do in that situation. You know what to say in that moment. And watch what happens. Then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. The super will carry you through. How many want to prosper in everything you do? How many want good success? See, family of God, it's not when a problem comes, then say, what does the Bible have to say about it? I've gone ahead of time and I've meditated every scripture there is for healing. I don't wait till I'm sick to take out my healing scriptures. Every single day I speak healing scripture. Every single day I pray over you as partners. I've got scriptures that I confess over you every day. Every day I pray for protection over our house and our family, wherever we go. Every day I speak. I've got things that there's certain moments. I've, what I've done is I've set up trigger points in my life. That when I'm doing this, I'll pray. When I do that, I'll pray. Some people go, that's just religious. No, I know the difference between religious ritual but speaking the word. Why? Because I meditate these words. I get them inside my heart and I make sure that I'm ready and I'm active. So when all of a sudden you get that phone call, your first response is not, oh my God, no. No, that is not your first response. I don't have that privilege. See, that woman who had that child that she, she looked after Elisha, remember that? And then her son died. She walks out the room after her son died. And her husband says, where are you going? I'm to church. Why would you go to church today? It's not Sunday. I'm paraphrasing. Obviously, there wasn't church on Sundays in those days. But I'm saying if you put it in today's terms, why are you going to church today? It's not Sunday. She said, no, it's well. Her baby just died. 
But you see, she already had a word from the man of God. She had a word and that word was enough for her to get that baby born that when he didn't think she could have a child, she had a child, but the word gave her that child. And she still said, well, if the word gave me a child, the word won't allow that word to be stolen. The same word that got me the child is the same word that will protect that child. See, she was already prepared. The storm came, no pressure. She could look at the natural circumstance and no pressure. How's that possible? Because it takes meditating, speaking that word every day. Family, you don't want to wait for the phone call and then panic. You want to have that shield up. A doctor can put the worst report in front of you. Boom, it hits that shield. The word has said. I hear what you see. You may look at something naturally in this body, but God's already spoken a word that contradicts what you've just shown me. I'm going to take the word as my answer. I'm taking the word as my solution. How many you say amen to that? See, family, this goes way beyond mental ascent. Almost anybody, yeah. Anybody here in our campuses, if you've been in this church long enough, I can ask you, what does the word say about? What does the word say about this situation? What does the word? And people be able to quote the verses. Why? Because I say them often enough. And you've written them down. And you know. But that's not what saves you. It's the word you've built into your heart. The word you've put into action in little situations. Little situations. Little situations. Amen. I've had people mock and criticize when I talk about believing God for a parking spot. Well, you know, God's got bigger things to do. No, I'm exercising. I'm exercising my faith. Are you with me? I can walk. I mean, I, I do CrossFit. I can run, you know, hundreds of meters, kilometers. I've been on a bicycle. I can go. I'm, I, I, know, I don't mind. You know, I'll, I'll sprint across a car park from the last parking spot. I don't have a problem with that. It's not that I, I want to be out of breath. What am I doing? I'm exercising faith. I'm exercising faith. Are you with me? I'm trusting God. I, I, I want to see my faith work. So I believe for this and there it works. What does that do? Empowers me. And then I believe for something else. Empowers me. You know, I, why just believe for the house to be paid off? I'm just going to believe that my parking be paid for. And someone pays for my parking. Well, it's 10 rand. Big deal. What's that going to do in my life? I've given much more than that way. But what am I doing? Little things, little things, little things. What are you doing? You're exercising. It's those, it's those fundamentals. You build and you build and you build and you build and you build. And when the big problem comes, boom, that faith is ready. And you can hold back. You getting this? It's that continuous building. That's what God was telling Joshua. You, you're coming up against a huge fight. But start today. Start practicing today. Come on, you're getting a hold of this? Proverbs 4 verse 20. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Don't let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Why? It is life to those who find them. Health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence out of it. Spring the issues of life. Why do you think the devil tries to cause all these little problems in our lives? These little offenses. Not like, I'm not offended, but you 
can hardly talk to the person without some kind of face flinch or something. No, and I know it's not a deep offense, but it's just those little things. No, get rid of them. Get rid of them, little temper flares, those little, why? Because I want to protect my heart. I'm guarding my heart. Why? Because every success comes out of that. Every success. Amen. Uh, I want to walk in the full power of God's word. How many say amen? How many of you have seen people that you look at them and say, wow, I wish I had faith like that. Any, has it ever happened to you? Hebrews verse 6, verse 11. Hebrews 6, chapter 6, verse 11. We desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end. Do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience endure the promises. Through faith and patience. It's not just faith. Faith requires patience. Patience isn't just putting up with nonsense. Patience is the ability to endure and stay consistent even when the circumstances change. It's that continue. Just stay the way faith works today, keep working it every day. The pressure gets more, you keep the faith at the same pressure. Pressure gets heavier, more difficult, no time to panic now. It's not like, oh man, I wish faith would work. No, the faith is working. Why am I not seeing the result? Because the enemy's turned the storm up. He's trying to stop you from, he, he cannot destroy you. The storm did not destroy the house. That's proof in the house that stayed standing. It's the ability to stay consistent. Remember when Peter was, when he saw Jesus coming on the water and said, Lord, if that's you, tell me, come. Jesus said, come. What happened? He walked. He's walking on the water. Then the waves and the storm and the wind got to him. And he took his eyes from the original word and started looking at the storm and he began to sink. He began to sink. And Jesus' answer was very interesting. He said, oh, you of little faith. And we think, well, his faith wasn't strong enough. That little means small. No, that word little is a duration word. Time. Why did you have a short burst of faith? You let go of faith too soon. That's what he's saying. You had faith, but then you stopped using it. See, fear contaminates faith. That's why we don't want to say words of fear and of hate and of, of discontent and, and keep being negative. Because if we stay, if we're living in a negative lifestyle, moaning and complaining all the time, that's an arena of fear. And if we're in the arena of fear, so problem comes, it's too late. Where's my shield? Where's my shield? No, you want to keep that shield up. Stay in forgiveness. Stay in love. Stay consistent. Stay consistent. Even when somebody does something horrible, you still love them back. When somebody says something, you love them back. It's not how dare they and how could they and why did they. No, it's stay consistent. Just stay, keep loving, keep forgiving, keep speaking the word, go back to the scripture. Pressure gets worse. Stay consistent through faith and patience. Consistently applying the word, you will inherit the promise.
Lift your hand and say that. When I take the Word of God and apply it consistently in my life, I never give up. I don't allow pressures. I don't allow people. Whatever happens, I refuse to give up my stance of peace, of prosperity, of love, joy, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness. I stay in that place of keeping the Word in action, no matter how bad it gets, no matter how much the circumstances are trying to destroy me, I stay consistent. And as I do, the Word of God is designed to hold me strong through that storm. Because the day is coming, the storm will pass, and I will still be standing. Having done all to stand, stand. It's staying consistent. John chapter 15, verse 7. If you abide in me, what's abide mean? Stay consistent. And my words stay consistent, stay continuous, abide in you. Ask whatever you desire. It'll be done for you. It'll be done for you. Now you understand why some people look. Wow, I wish I had their faith. They just pray and they get it. Here's your secret. Here's the key. It's not a secret anymore. Because it's been in the Word all the time. But now you know it. And he says, by this. By what? Taking the Word, putting it into action, and seeing the result. By this, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so you can call me Lord. You will be my disciples. Amen. Am you ready to call Him Lord, not just Savior? Come on, give Jesus praise if you got something today. Let's stand together. Lift your hand and say this together with me. Today I've received the living Word of God. That Word has brought faith to my heart. I am a believer, not a doubter. As a hearer of the Word, I am also a doer. I put that Word into action every day of my life. Every day I go to the Scriptures. I read the Word. I ingest the Word, I confess the Word, I speak it out loud, and the Holy Spirit prepares me with the Scriptures, with the Word that I will need that day. Now you understand why, you see, when people talk about quiet time, I don't like really using the word quiet because it requires confession. You need to be loud. <laughs> loud time, speaking time. But why in the morning? Oh, I'm just too busy, I can't get going. That's like going to do your competition and then losing and then go train to get ready for the competition. 
No, you want to prepare your day ahead. Are you with me? Holy Spirit, I'm going into the world and there is a storm out there waiting for me. What scripture do I need today? And he'll just drop it. Sometimes I've seen, I've read it and the Holy Spirit highlights the scripture. Oh, that's interesting. I've meditated. I think, well, he's just, you know, teaching me something or something I need to memorize and I memorize it. If not that day, I use it five times on different people, different situations. Someone says, you know, I got the situation. You know what the word says? There it is. It's not always for me even. But in doing that, I've been empowered to bless somebody else. So that every morning I take time to read the word, hear the word, speak the word. And as I do, that word goes ahead of me and prepares my day. My shield is in front of me. So when the storm comes, that shield is ready to absorb it. My house is built on the solid rock of the living word of Jesus Christ. No matter what storms happen, I stay firm. I've done all I can to stand. Now I stand. Keep rejoicing in the word and the word does the work. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 Praise God.